Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Harden, Chapter 5. For the next few days, Harden tried not to think about the reason he shouldn't be with Miranda. She was in his blood, a sweet fever that he couldn't cure. The more he tried to resist her, the more his mind tormented him. Eventually, he gave in to it because there was nothing else he, had, he could do. Work was piling up back at home because he wasn't there to help Evan. His mind was anywhere except on the job these days. More and more, his waking and sleeping hours were filled with the sight of Miranda's loving face. He hated his obsession with her. He was a confirmed bachelor, well able to resist a pretty face. Why couldn't he escape this one? Figure, Her figure was really nothing spectacular. She was pretty, but so were plenty of other women. No, it was her nature that drew him. Her sweet, gentle nature that gave more than it asked. She enveloped him like a soft web, and fighting it only entangled him deeper. During the past few days, they'd been inseparable. They went out to dinner almost every night, took her dancing, and last night they'd gone bowling. He hadn't done that in years. He felt unfamiliar to be throwing balls down alleys, and when he scored, Miranda was so enthusiastic as if she'd done it herself. <laughs> She laughed. She played. He was fascinated by the way she came out of the show when she was with him. Even if he did get frequent and disturbing glimpses of the anguish in her silver eyes. He didn't touch her. That was one luxury he wouldn't allow himself. They were too explosive physically, as he found out the morning he'd taken her home from the hotel. Instead, they talked. He learned more about her and told her more about himself. Than he shared with anyone else. It was a time of discovery, of exploration. It was a time between worlds, and it had to end soon. You're brooding again, she remarked as he walked her to the door. They'd been out to eat again, and he'd been preoccupied only. I've got to go back, he said reluctantly. He looked down at her with dark brow. I can't stay any longer. She turned and unlocked the door slowly, without glancing his way. She expected it. It shouldn't have surprised her. I'm a working man, damn it, he said shortly. I can't spend my life wandering around Chicago while you're in your office. She did look at him then, with soft, sad eyes. I know, Hardin, she said softly. He shot his hands into his pocket. Can you write a letter? She hesitated. A letter? Well, yes. I've never had anybody to write to, of course, she added. You can write to me. He said, his voice turfed with impatience and irritation. It, it isn't the same as having time to spend together, but it's better than phone calls. I can't talk on the phone. I can never think of anything to say. Me too, she said, smiling up at him. Her heart raced. He had to be interested if he was willing to keep in touch. It lifted her spirits. Don't expect... A letter a day, he can call. He cautioned her. I'm not that good at it. <laughs> I don't have your mailing address, she said. Give me a piece of paper. I'll write it down for you. He followed her into the apartment and waited while she produced a pad and pen. Scribbled the ranch's box number and zip code in a bold black scrawl and gave it to her. This is mine, she said. Taking the pad and writing down her own address, she put the pad aside and looked up at it. 
You made life bearable for me. I wish I could do something that nice for you. His teeth clenched. He let his eyes run down the length of the black strappy dress she was wearing. The long legs encased in nylon and sling back pumps with rhinestone buckles. His gaze came back up to her loosened dark hair and her soft oval face and her trusting silver eyes. You could if you wanted to, he said huskily. She swallowed. Here it was. She hadn't mistaken his desire for her, and now he was going to ask something that she didn't know that she could give. Parting, I... I don't like intimacy, she said nervously. His eyebrows arched. He hadn't expected her to be so blunt. I was going to ask you to come to bed with me. I wasn't going to ask you to come to bed with me, he murmured out. Even I have more finesse than that. She took a sitting breath. Oh. Well, while we're on the subject, he said, pushing the door shut behind him. Why don't you like intimacy? It's unpleasant, she said flatly. Painful, he probed. She put her purse on the table and traced patterns on it without looking at him. Harsh memories flooded into her mind. Only once, she said hesitantly. I mean, unsatisfying, I guess. Embarrassing and unsatisfying. I never liked it. He paused behind her, doing hands catching her waist and turning her so that she faced him. Did he arouse you properly before he took you? He asked. Matter of factly, she gasped. Her eyes, her wide eyes, met his as if she couldn't believe what he said. He said, "I don't find it uncomfortable to talk about news to you at your age." I haven't ever talked about it, though. She stammered. Your brother is a doctor. He pointed out. But my goodness, Sam is worse than I am. She explained. He can't even say the word sex in front of people. He's a very repressed man. Straight lace isn't that the word? Joan is dear, but you can't talk to her about intimacy. Then talk to me about it, he replied. That first morning when I kissed you, you weren't afraid of being intimate with me, were you? She nibbled her lower lip. No, she said her face went. Was it like that with your husband? She hesitated and shook her head. There's a chemistry between people sometimes, he said, watching her face. An explosive need that pulls them together. I haven't felt it often, and I never quite like this. I gather that you've never felt it at all before. That's fairly accurate. Tucked his hand under her chin and lifted her shy eyes to his. Sex, in order to be good, has to have that explosive quality. That... And a few other ingredients like respect, trust, and emotional involvement. It's an, ex it's an exclusive combination that most people never find. They settle for what they can get. Like I did, you mean, she said. He nodded. Like you did. He lifted one lean hand to her face and barely, lightly traced her mouth, watching it part, watching her breathing change suddenly. Feel it? He asked softly. That tightening in your body when I touch your mouth, the way your breath catches and your pulse races. Yes, she swallowed. Pardon? Did you feel it? To the soles of my feet, he replied. He bent and lifted her, 
very gently in his arms, his eyes on her face. Let me make love to you. She didn't want it to like it. The temptation made her heart race. She dropped her eyes to his thin mouth and wanted it beyond bearing. Don't, don't make me pregnant, she whispered. I don't have anything to use. His body shuddered. It humbled him that she let him go that far. I don't have anything to use either, so we can't go all the way tonight, he said unsteadily. Is that where you should? Yes. He moved toward the bedroom and stopped when he noticed her eyes darting nervously to the bed. We made love to you there, he said suddenly, his eyes blazing as he guessed the reason for her hesitation. He looked down into her face. Was it always there? Yes. How about on the sofa? Her body tensed with anticipated pleasure. No. He whirled her on his heels and carried her to the long, cushy sofa, put her down on it, and stood looking at the length of her with eyes that made her body move restlessly. She felt uneasy. He was probably used to women who were vulturous and perfectly figured, and she had plenty of inhibitions about her body that Tim had given her. The padded brawl had been his idea, because he never thought she was adequate. Hardin saw the hesitation in Miranda's big eyes and wondered at it. He unfastened his tie and tossed it into the chair beside the sofa. His jacket followed. He held her eyes while his hand slowly unbuttoned the white shirt under it, revealing the bursts and strength of his hair-matted chest, like the way Miranda's eyes lingered on his torso. The helplessness delighted in them. Do you like what you see? He asked arrogantly. Can't you tell? She whispered, sat down beside her, his hands sliding under her back to find the zipper of her dress. We'll compare notes. But her hands caught his arms as she realized what he was going to do. All her insecurities flamed on her face. He frowned. Then he remembered his thin mouth pulled into a soft, Secretive smile. Oh, I see. The padded brawl, he whispered. She blessed Scarlet, but he only laughed. It wasn't a cruel laugh either. It was, as, it was as if he was going to share some delicious secret with her and wanted her to enjoy it. His hand slowly pulled the zipper down. He ignored the nervous hands trying to stop him. Will it? Help if I tell you that size only matter matters to adolescent boys who never grow up. He asked Alfred. Tim said, I'm not Tim, he whispered as his mouth gently covered hers. She felt the very texture of his lips as he brushed them lightly over and around hers. He caught her top lip between his teeth and touched it with his tongue as if it were savoring the taste of the delicate inner flesh. Her breast stopped in her throat because it was very arousing. And meanwhile, he was sliding the dress off her shoulders along with her bra straps. You mustn't, she protested just once. He hesitated as the dress slid to the upper curves of her firm breast. Why? he asked softly, his lips touching her mouth as he spoke. It's, it's too soon, she said, her voice suddenly panicking. No. That's not the reason, he murmured. He lifted his head and searched her silver eyes. You think I'll be disappointed when I look at you? He smiled. You're beautiful, Miranda, 
and you have a heart as big as all outdoors. The size of your breast isn't going to matter to me. The color came into her cheeks again. Even Tim had never said anything so intimate to her. So innocent, he said solemnly, all the humor gone. He didn't leave fingerprints, did he? But I promise you I will. His hands moved, drawing the fabric away from her firm, high breasts. Then he looked down at them with masculine appreciation. She didn't even breathe. Her heart was racing maddeningly. She felt her nipples become hard under that silent, intent serenity. She might be small, but he wasn't looking at her as if he minded. His eyes were finding every difference in color and texture, sketching her with the absorption of an artist. Sometimes I think God must be an artist, he said, echoing her silent thoughts. The way he creates perfection with just the right form and mix of colors, the beauty of his compositions. I get breathless looking at a sunset. I get more breathless looking at you. <laughs> his eyes finally lifted her. Why are you so conscious about your size? I... She cleared her throat. Incredible to be lying in the naked from the waist up and listening to a man talk about arrests. Well, Tim said I was too little. He smiled. Did he? He seemed to find that amusing. His hands moved again, and this time she did protest, but he bent and gently brushed her eyelids shut with his mouth as he eased the rest of the fabric down her body. In seconds, he had her totally undressed. He lifted his head. Then, and looked at her, his eyes soft and quiet, as she lay trembling and helpless. I won't even touch you, he whispered. Don't be embarrassed. But I've never... She stammered. Not even in front of your husband, he asked. He didn't like looking at me, she managed unsteadily. He sighed softly, his eyes on her breast, the curve of her waist, her flat belly in the shadow of her womanhood that led to long, elegant legs. Miranda, I feel for the sanity of any man who wouldn't like looking at you, he said finally. I swear to God, you knocked the breast right out of me. Her eyes fell and shot the light that landed on a point south of his belt that spoke volumes. She gasped audibly and averted her gaze to his chest. I've always tried to hide that reaction with other women, he said frankly, but I don't mind very much if you see it. I want you very badly. I'm not ashamed of it, even if it isn't the wrong, even if it is the wrong time. Look at me, Miranda. I don't think you've ever really looked at a man in this condition. His tone coaxed her eyes back to his body, but she lifted her gaze a little too quickly in his mouth. Does it make you uncomfortable? She blurted out. What? Letting you look or being this way? Both. He touched her mouth and leaned forth in it. I'm enjoying every second of it. So am I, she whispered as if it were a guilty secret. Will you let me touch you? He asked softly. It has to be because you want it. And this, I won't do anything that even hints of force or coercion. Her head was whirling. She looked at him and fires kindled in her body. She wanted to know what it felt like to have his hands on her. No pleasure. Will I like it? She whispered. He smiled gently. Oh, I think so. He murmured. 
He bent and very lightly brushed his lips over one firm breast, his teeth grazing the nipple. She gasped and she, you didn't tell me you were going to do that, she ex exclaimed, her silver eyes like saucer. He lifted his head and searched them. Didn't I? He smiled. Is it all right? <laughs> Having him ask you, that made her go boneless. Tim had always taken, demanded, heard her. The funny thing was that she thought it would be like pleading if a man asked first, but Hardin looked impossibly arrogant and it didn't sound anything like pleading. Her whole body trembled with shocked pleasure. Yes, she whispered. It's all right. In that case, his lean hands lifted her body in an arch so that his lips could settle and feed on her soft breasts. She couldn't believe what was happening to her. She'd never felt pleasure before. What she thought was desire had been nothing more than infatuation, and this was the stark reality. It was hard and sharp-edged and totally overwhelming. She was helpless, as she'd never been, living only through the hard mouth that was teaching her body its most sensitive areas through the hands that were so gentle, so gently controlling her. Her hands were in his thick, dark hair, and his mouth was suddenly on hers, forcing her lips apart with a tender ferocity that made her totally his. No panic, he whispered. She didn't understand until she felt him touch her in a way that even Tim never had. She cried out and arched her body, going rigid. Hardin looked down at her, but he didn't stop. Even when he fought her hands fighting. Just this, sweetheart, he whispered, watching her. Just this. Let it happen. It won't hurt. She couldn't stop. It was like going over a cliff. She responded because it was impossible not to. Her face topped with panic, her eyes wild with it. She was enjoying it, and she couldn't even pretend not to. He watched her face, smiling when she began to whimper, filling her responses, filling her pleasure. When it spiraled up suddenly and arched her silky body, when she wept and twisted and then cried out, convulsing, he felt as if he'd experienced everything life had to offer. He cratered her in his arms while she cried, his lips gentle on her closed eyes, sipping away the tears. Amazing what a man can do when he sets his mind to it, he whispered against her mouth. I'm glad to see that my instincts haven't worn out. Although I've read about that, I've never done it before. Her eyes flew open. She was still trembling. But there will be afterglow of satisfaction. She could see the muted pleasure in his eyes. Never? Why are you shocked? He asked. I'm no playboy. Women are still pretty much a mystery to me. Less so now, he added with a wicked gleam in his eyes. She blushed and hit her face in his throat, his hair rough and chest, brushed her breasts, and she stiffened at the pleasurable sensation that kindled in her. Involuntarily, she pressed closer, pushing her hard nipples into the thick hair so that they brushed the skin. He went taunting her. No, he whispered. He sounded threatened, and she liked she she liked his sudden vulnerability. He'd seen her helpless. She wanted to see him the same way. She brushed against him, drawing her breast sensually across his broad chest until she felt him shudder. His big hands caught her arms and tightened, but he didn't try to make the movement. 
Here, he looked at her so that she sat over his top body, facing him. Then his hands brushed, bruised her hips, pulled her closer so that the force of his arousal was blatant against her soft belly. He wrapped her up, crushing her breast into his chest and sat rocking her hungrily. Harden, she whispered. His jaw clenched. He was losing it. Touch me, sweetheart. Her hand smoothed over his chest. No, he growled out. Touch me, girl, a man. She hesitated. His mouth whispered over her closed eyes, caught one of her hands and slowly smoothed it down over his flat stomach, his breath catching when he pressed it gently to him. Her heart ran away with her. She never touched him like that. The intimate feel of Harding's body made her throb all over. She liked touching him, but when he began to slide the zipper down, she jerked her fingers away and buried her hot face in his throat. You're right, he said roughly, passing her back. I'm letting her go too far. Much too far. He eased her away and got up, his tall body shivering a little with residual desire as he fumbled the cigarette out of his pocket and put your things back on, little one, he said huskily. She stared at him with her black dress in her hand. You don't want me to? She was rude with his eyes. My God, no. I don't want you to. He ground out. He turned his face rigid with unstated passion. His body blanked with him. I want to bury myself inside you. She trembled at the stark need. Her lips parted opposite. I, I let you, she said feverishly. His gaze dropped to her breasts and beyond it to her flat belly. She had a baby there. She lost the baby in her husband. And he shouldn't be doing this to her should be taking advantage of her vulnerability. He closed his eyes again and turned away. Miranda, you aren't capable of making that kind of decision right now. It's too soon. Too soon, too soon. She came back to herself all at once. This was the apartment she shared with Tim. She'd been pregnant. She lost control of the car and killed her husband and her unborn child. And only minutes before, she'd been begging another man to make love to her. She dragged the black dress over her head and fumbled the zipper up. Her face white with reaction. She bundled up the rest of her things and pushed them down beside the sofa cushion. Because she was shaking too hard to put them on. What had she done? Harding had fastened his shirt, put his tie and jacket in place by the time she dressed. Looked down at her with quiet, somber eyes and face as hard as them. I won't apologize. It was too sweet for words, but it's too soon for lovemaking. <laughs> Scoot me as I don't mix it. How pleasure in you, you replied quite. In lovemaking. I mean sex. If I stayed around here much longer, you'll give yourself to me. You make me sound like a terrible weakling. She laughed mirthlessly. He knelt just in front of her, his hands beside her hips and so. Miranda, it isn't a weakness or a sin to want someone. But you've got a tragedy to work through. By staying here, I'm only postponing your need to put it behind you, not to mention clouding your grief with desire. I want you, baby, he said huskily, his eyes fierce as they met hers. I want you just as desperately as you want me. But you've got to be sure it's not just misplaced grief or a crutch. Sex is serious business for me. 
I don't sleep around. Ever. She wanted to ask him if he ever had. He seemed very experienced, but he didn't sound as if sex was a minor amusement to him. He might be even more innocent than she was. That made her feel less embarrassed about what she let him do. She searched his face. Pardon? I might not have acted like it, but it's serious business to me, too. Tim was the only man I'd ever slept with. I know. He caught her hand and held the soft palm to his mouth hungry. But he never satisfied you, did he? She swallowed. Finally, she gave in to the blankness stare. Not like you did. No. She hesitated. You want to ask me something? He guessed from the album. Go ahead. What is it? Would I feel like that if I gave myself to you? We went all the way? She asked him. His fingers clenched on her. I think it might be even more intense, he said gruffly. Watching you almost sent me over the edge myself. <laughs> she reached out and touched his face, adoring the strength of it under her cold fingers. You had nothing, she explained, but relatedly, he almost smiled. Don't you believe it, he said, with a deep, somber look in his pale blue eyes. And now, I've got to go. I'll put it off as long as I can. Got to his feet. Miranda let him pull her up, and her heart was in her eyes as she gazed up at him. I'll miss you more than ever now, she confessed herself. I'll miss you too, little one, he said quickly. Write to me. I'm as close as the telephone if you just want to talk. We'll get through this, Miranda. All you need is a little time. I know. You made it so much easier, though. He brushed his fingers through her hair, her unruly hair, tilted her face up to his hungry eye. It isn't goodbye. Just so long for a while. She nodded. Okay. So long, then. He bent and kissed her so tenderly that she almost cried. Be good. I can't be anything else. You won't be here. Pardon? She said as he opened the door. He looked back, his eyes arching in a question. Just remember, she said with a forced humor. You saved my life. Now you're responsible for it. He smiled. I won't forget. He didn't say goodbye. He gave her one long last look and went out the door, closing it gently behind him. He hadn't really saved her life, she knew, because she hadn't meant to jump off the bridge. But it made her feel good to think that she owed it to him, that he cared enough to worry about her. She had his address, and she'd write. Maybe when she was through the natural grieving process, he'd come back, and she'd have a second chance at happiness. She closed her eyes, savoring the intimacy she shared with him. She wondered how she was going to live until she saw him again in the chapter 5.